everyone. Welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today's topic is A Court of Mist and Fury, chapters 38 to 41. It's like music to my ears saying that intro again. Yes. In real time, Sadie and I both just got back from a two-week-long vacay. We haven't seen each other. The in- longest I haven't seen Izzy since 2022. And like by far. By I far. I see you multiple times a week, every week. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to you every day. Usually. I know. Even when you were in Hawaii, I talk to you yeah. every day. <laughs> So it's just so good to be reunited. It was, or it is. Um, (laughs) I, it was really hard um, that on that hiatus, because, well, I go back and forth. Well, my mom finished A Court of Mist and Fury right in front of my face. No, she did not. It was rude. It was very rude. (laughs) And then, but I read two books that were amazing. We'll recap books later. Um, but it was so it was super nice to, you know, read something else and like finish something. Yeah. No one stopping me or getting in my way from just consuming all of the book. Yeah. Um, so it was lovely. I know you read a bunch of wonderful books as well. Yes. I read five books, which you guys already know because we'll have our terms and conditions recap come out before this episode but in real oh, time yeah, 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 we're yeah, recording yeah. it after yeah, yeah, um, yeah. i'm getting I, confused our schedule yeah our our time jumps are very confusing but um but yeah you should have heard us talk about all the good books we read um that episode even though we haven't recorded it yet um but sadie and i haven't recapped our vacations with each other yet yeah you go so. first Okay. Okay. Um, So I got back today. If I am rambling and making no sense, it's because I traveled for 18 hours and I slept for maybe three of those hours. Oh my God. I just assumed you were going to sleep so much. It was just, it's hard because the time changed. So my first flight was at 2 p.m. Hawaii time, but then I landed 11 p.m. LA time and then I flew LA to Charlotte so that was a red eye and that's when I slept like three of the hours but I had a baby next to me and I was like no are we just bringing babies on red eyes now like (laughs) flights where people literally have to sleep or they just pull an all-nighter that's actually (laughs) absurd um baby was like okay most of the time so I slept for three of those hours and then I landed in Charlotte had like a two-hour layover flew Charlotte to Indy. It was crazy. I in one day I was in Hawaii. I was on the West Coast, East Coast, and Indianapolis. Wow. So anyway, I um I'm a little bit unwell, but honestly, podcasting has revived me. Um <laughs> the trip was awesome. Like best trip maybe ever. Aww. It was so fun. Everything worked out. Like the house my parents got, it was right on the beach on the big island in Hawaii. Well, it was like a black rock kind of beach. So it wasn't, there was like spurts of beach, but it was a lot of black rock, which um, was so great for snorkeling. Oh. So every morning I would get up with Connor and like my mom or whoever else wanted to come at like 6 a.m. because like jet lag. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd just go across the street and go snorkeling. And like it was some of the best snorkeling I've ever seen. It was just right across the street. Holy shit. And then we'd like come back, have breakfast, and then do whatever else we wanted to do that day, which was usually like 
go to an, another beach and like hang out for the morning, like surf, do more snorkeling, do a hike or whatever. And then we'd like come back, read for like one or two hours, play ping pong and then go to dinner. It was great. Wow. That sounds lovely. Um, Highlights were I saw an erupting volcano, which oh, was cool. I, I saw your Instagram. Yeah. My mom told me before we left, she was like, the volcano on the big island is erupting and I just was like cool but I didn't like process like wait it erupts for like days on end yeah I didn't know that at first I was concerned that your that Airbnb mean we can't would go? no longer be there yeah <laughs> but then my mom was like no it's fine and we can still go to the national park and see it and I was like okay but I guess I just wasn't processing that but on Father's Day, we went to the Volcano National Park and went on this hike. And I totally forgot about the volcano really erupting. And then we just get to the end. And I just see like lava coming out of the mountain. It was so crazy. That is so crazy. Um, So that was really cool. We did this night snorkeling trip where you go out in the water at night and the crew kind of lights up the water and you go out and float on basically a surfboard that has lights attached to it. And there's these enormous manta rays that come up and like feed that oh, during that yeah, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. So I, trip. I, I had done that before, but the boyfriends hadn't. Um, and I was kind of nervous to do it again because the first time it was honestly very scary. But it was way chiller this time. Aww. It Like last time it was just like raining and super wavy and we were uh. way further from shore. So this time was amazing. We saw so many manta rays. We did um, a snorkel trip to this cove. And had a great boat day. We went snorkeling at this one beach that I just love. And I saw an octopus. Holy shit. That was really cool. That's so cool. It was really cool. Um, props to Connor because he actually spotted it. I never would have saw like I never would have known that was an octopus because it just looks like a rock. Uh. But I guess he saw it moving. And then I literally saw it like go to another rock and change colors. <gasps> it was so cool. That is so cool. One second it was like, um, kind of tan and looked like it had moss on it and then it crawled to another rock and just turned all black <gasps> it was crazy wait that is i can't believe that's real it was crazy <laughs> um and then yeah we just had really great dinners it was nice to have connor and mark there mark is my sister's boyfriend i felt like everyone just gelled really well the street we were staying on was beautiful. We had great weather the whole time. Amazing. And it was just so nice. I feel like we have just been go, go, go. Yeah. Literally January up until we left for vacation between like work being really busy and then this podcast. And so to have like 10 days where I didn't have to work, we didn't podcast. It was like the days all felt so full. It was it was just awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So as promised, coming back with my reports on marine life. Oh, and I saw dolphins the last day, like the oh. last thing we did. And I was bummed I hadn't seen dolphins yet. And then I was just looking out of the ocean. There was like 20 dolphins and they were started doing like flips in the air and stuff. What? The, were you like literally in a cartoon? It was like the most <laughs> magical time. Like everything went well. Everything wow. went well. I love yeah. that for you. Yeah. So, oh, I'm so happy. That sounds amazing. So I actually thought I was going to cry when I was leaving because I oh. was like, I'm having the best time. And like, I got to read so much. And all the books I read, minus terms and conditions, <laughs> were just amazing. Um, but I have Taylor Swift on Friday, so that's really getting me through. Oh, my God. I can't wait to recap <laughs> that um, from your perspective. 
Um, but that just sounds delightful. And so long, like 10 days. Amazing. It, my parents are like, I think we have to buy a house here. And I'm like, Please. do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, my God. And your Instagram pic so cute <laughs> loved it oh i went full influencer and i bought a canon camera oh is that was that on the canon yes i have so wow. many good pictures like it really captures the scenery so much better than an iphone i was just having a heyday <laughs> oh yeah i was having so much fun this. okay now i want to hear about your trip um mine was kind of go 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 like it was supposed to be i mean it was relaxing and rejuvenating and i felt like so happy um but I had I was just kind of like bouncing all over the place I went to see my well I flew into upstate New York visited my grandparents that was lovely um and then I went from there to the Jersey Shore um so we like flew to New York and then drove to the Jersey Shore for the Barefoot Country Music Fest that looked so fun it was so fun Alex Earl was there I know I tried to look for her but I didn't I couldn't find her I was kind of like it was very like on trend for you to be posting a TikTok there because that was the like hot music festival right. that, that all the influencers were at. I'm mad that I posted it on my personal account and not the gals on topic account that's okay because there's like literally no benefit of my personal one getting any kind of <laughs> likes because it's like my only video but um regardless so fun honestly like the I would I would say like I really only really liked like 60% of the artists to be honest like they were all really good but like I don't know I like when they like talk to you and whatever yeah but it was just so fun being there with my cousins and my mom and we're just like drinking we don't know the words to the songs i don't know who the fuck this artist is but we're just having the best time together who are the headliners darius so the headliners were all great so it was john party oh yeah amazing wish he would smile though didn't smile one time really yeah interesting and then Blake Shelton was oh my the God. best headliner. I didn't realize you were seeing Blake Shelton. Yeah, he was actually so good. I've never seen him and I love him on The Voice. Yeah, he was so good. He like, I just like at concerts when they like stop and chat and talk. Yeah. And we were so close. Like John Party, I was like on the stage. That's um, so cool. But we were so close. And then the third night, it was Darius Rucker. Did he see you in the crowd in your jersey? And call you up on stage? No. I literally <laughs> got on my cousin's shoulders. I felt so bad he was dying because I, like, wasn't centered. And I was, like, w- I was close. Like, literally probably, like, five feet away from the stage. And I was, like, waving my jersey. And he didn't acknowledge. And he looked right at me. And he didn't acknowledge. And he didn't really talk. Like, he just, I mean, he has so many bangers. He just played all the good songs but he didn't talk he's so. kind of old maybe he has bad eyesight maybe but i was like come on my guy um so that was a bummer but he was still so good yeah but then hardy played after him after him yeah so he was the headliner and then what? they like surprise added hardy right at the last minute what i'm looking him up right now do you know who hardy is like no he is horrible <laughs> Darius Rucker. He is like a. He does like 
screamo and country. This man can't be famous. I mean, he is. He is. He's like, I'll tell you later a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I did not like him at all. At all. Although his hair was so silky looking. I need to know the shampoo he uses. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm just shocked that he was after Darius Rucker. Yeah. I went was, to a festival like five years. Like, Darius Rucker is, it seems an insult to not have him be the headliner. I mean, they still said it was like two headliners, but he wasn't oh. last. Yeah. So stupid. So, but it's fine. So this is what I'm saying. Like, I like either loved them or it was like, eh. No, like I did not like Hardy. I basically left the crowd and went and sat in the sand because my feet hurt. Isn't that the guy who opens for Morgan Wallen? Yeah. Well, Parker McCollum now does, but I think Hardy used to. I think Hardy did. That's how I knew yeah. his name. Yeah. So he's an opener. Yeah, I know. Not it. Um, But then the last day was Kid Rock. Also did not like him. It was four days? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was That's, so tired. And the festivals are exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're standing and you're if you're committing to being at the front, it's like you're standing all day. I mean, there's no seats even in the back. Like there's no Yeah, but if you're like trying if you're committing to being close, it's like you are there for a while. Well, also we paid for VIP, so oh. you're not like in the way back general. Like you're literally like you're at the drinks slash concessions or you're like next to the stage oh that's so cool yeah no it's so worth it because <laughs> i was gonna say the last festival i went to because i'm very much at a festival especially like i have to be close otherwise you're standing so far back and, yeah like, you can barely see yeah. the person so i have to be close but then the last festival i was at i was like i think i'm too old for this <laughs> <laughs> like i was sober because you can't get more drinks but i also really had to pee i will say hurt. we had such a big group and we would get like pretty close. Um, I easily was like, it's not that many people because it's roped off as like VIP. And you so, didn't see Alex Earl. So she was in super VIP, oh. which is like all inclusive. How much is VIP um, for all four days? So we get it. It goes up over time. But like we got it before the the headliners were even announced oh. because we had gone last year. And yeah. we're, we just like to go all together. Um, so it was like 400 and something. That yeah. is such Reasonable. a steal. I yeah. would expect that to be the price of a regular ticket for the yeah. festival. Well, yeah, it definitely goes way up, but that's like, we're going to buy them now. So it'll be like, like you're going to go regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That is so fun. Yeah. It Next was so, so fun. <laughs> yeah, please. We had an extra one this year because John um, had to end up having to work so he couldn't go. Um, but yeah, you should come for real. It's so fun. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. Um, and then from, so while I was there, not to keep rambling on, but this is important. While I was there, I get a message from one of my best, my best friend from home. Her boyfriend messaged me, Hey, last minute next weekend, I'm proposing to Angela. Any way you can be here. Absolutely, I can. Changed my flight. I flew down to South Carolina. They were getting engaged in Charleston at his um, beach house there on the beach. And literally, okay, I didn't turn off my location because 
I didn't want her to get notified. But then I guess so they were like caravanning down like her and some of their friends. And I guess I know she never checks people's locations, but she did because she wanted to see how far ahead they were. And all of a sudden it pops up that like I'm in like in Simpsonville, South Carolina. And she was like, but she just got pissed. Ryan told me like Ryan texted me. He's like, turn off your location um, and told me what happened. Like Angela was like, what the fuck? Why is she in Greenville and didn't tell me? Like she thought I like came to Greenville and didn't tell her like wasn't trying to see her. And she was so it didn't ruin the surprise. No, she was just pissed. (laughs) That's like when um, Arnie and Kat were getting engaged and we knew it was happening the next day. And Kat was trying to get us to go to brunch. Yeah. And I texted you, no brunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she saw me text you that because you had just turned your phone and she thought I was just like being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> For 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Ryan, her now fiance, was texting me and he was like, it currently does not look good for you. And he was like, but later it'll be great. <laughs> Like, I can it was with great that. Oh, it was good. literally so great like we, the proposal was so cute she was so happy and then she was so surprised like me and his parents like ran up after Aww. and it was just like I only was there for like 24 hours I stayed one night in Charleston and then drove back to get back here and um it was just like the best 24 hours like we went to a celebratory like really nice dinner had a champagne toast it was it was just lovely and then we went to the beach all day the next day and I I feel like I was really it was just so happy I was like bonding with Ryan like it was great oh I just awesome. it was a, another great engagement truly congrats Angela and Ryan <laughs> it's gonna be a big year for me next year with all these weddings true this year I had like no weddings and I was chilling do you think they'll get married next year yeah she wants to get married as soon as possible, for sure. So it is going to be a big year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The His parents at dinner were like, should we shoot for August? Like this year. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I need to plan a bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So overall, yeah, wonderful, wonderful week. That's lovely. Wait, I have one thing. Okay. Tone shift. Okay. We went to go get tattoos. What? Um, when we were at the beach. What? So one of Angela's friends is like really big into like little tattoos. She has like fourteen or something little tattoos, and you know we kind of jokingly threw out the idea, and then she latched on and was like, "We're going." Did you get a tattoo? No, no, no. Okay. It's like (laughs) notify me. (laughs) I should have led with that. Um, Like that's a big deal. (laughs) So. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll get like a little heart. And I was on the fence because I couldn't figure out where I wanted it. And then I decided like a little spot on my arm. And I was like a little tiny heart, like super cheap, whatever. I get there. The shop is a hundred dollar minimum. Not for a a group. Like we were all going to get one. A hundred dollar minimum per person. And I was going to get a heart the size of a dime. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. And he was like. I was like, the one on my ankle, which is way bigger. It's not even that big, but it was way bigger. And I was like, that was literally $60. And he was like, well, if that was pre co I mean, I wasn't being a bitch about it, but like, I was just, I just stating facts. Uh, And he was like, well, you know, if that was pre COVID, like materials have pricing has really gone up. And like, I get that, 
but like for you to draw two lines to make a heart on my fucking elbow like come on yeah it takes 10 minutes so out of principle i did not get it but i just had to throw that out there isn't that ridiculous that is ridiculous it doesn't even take two minutes or 10 minutes that's so ryan got a whole fucking owl on his bicep and it took less than 10 minutes oh he got one yeah it looks really good but um does the owl have significance to angela no it has significance (laughs) with his mom but it's still cute yeah yeah (laughs) um angela was stressed why when he was getting it because she he doesn't have that was his first tattoo oh my god i know it was just spur of the moment it was very spontaneous does she have tattoos no she was very stressed yeah anyway stressful okay well if we're ending on rants i also have one more thing yeah yeah, yeah. on my third leg of my flight today so charlotte to indy by this point i'm greasy i'm tired i've only slept three hours (laughs) i just want to get home um I am finally boarding my last flight and I just hate when airplane attendants do this and it happens like once every 25 times I fly but every time it happens it's just so annoying because it's just such a power play. So I have my backpack and I have my little duffel bag as my two carry-ons right but then I also have my fanny pack which has like my phone in it and my wallet that just keeps oh strapped to me. Oh my god, I know exactly yes. what you're going to say. It stays strapped to me when I'm sitting. It has my phone, my AirPods, my wallet. So it stays on my on my body the entire time. And it hadn't been a problem. I took two flights to get to Hawaii, then two back, and this was the third one back. And it hadn't been a problem. I did the same thing each time. And I'm I scan my boarding pass. I'm walking onto the jetway, and the person goes, "Ma'am, you'll need to consolidate your bags. You currently have three bags." And I was like. It's just going to go like it just goes in my backpack and I'll bring it right out when I sit down anyway. She's like, you have three bags. So I have to get down on the floor. I had like my neck pillow on. So I had to like take my neck pillow off and then take my fanny pack off and then open my backpack, stuff it in. And I was like, happy. Like, that's literally so fucking annoying. And then I took it out the second I got in the jetway. Like, it's so annoying. It's It's so, so annoying. It just stays on me. Obviously, it's a tiny bag can fit into my backpack. Yeah, that's literally so stupid. Yeah. One time it happened to me and I like put it in my bag. And then as soon as I got in the jetway, I took it back out again because I needed to see my phone. And then when I got on the plane, the flight attendant goes, you need to consolidate your bags. And I was like, all right, this plane, you've got to be kidding me. This dude's wasting so much of people's time. Like I'm holding up the whole line for no reason. Oh, my God. That's so true. And it's like, I understand that principle when when it's genuinely gonna just take up unnecessary space but you one it will be strapped to your body or two it would literally fit in the little net basket yeah that goes in the back of the seat in front of you yeah like it's, it's basically no space it basically doesn't exist it doesn't exist it should <laughs> count as part of my body it's, it's just like my a phone. belt yeah it's a belt, it's a belt you want me to take off my belt how inappropriate <laughs> it's so annoying it was just the last night of the day and i was like you know what i just red-eyed here with a crying baby next to me for five hours after a previous six-hour flight and you're making me do this right now get on the ground anyway (laughs) it's fine but overall lovely overall lovely lovely trip lovely lovely trip i was like welcome back from vacation (laughs) the cruel cruel world (laughs) yeah people are meaner here (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious but anyway mist and fury oh my god i cannot wait to get back into it i've been missing it so much literally i didn't you know i was reading the other books 
on my trip didn't even pack um my copy but then on our flight back to south carolina when i was going through the engagement i was like hey mom <laughs> you throw me over mr Fury. i think it's <laughs> close enough to recording time that i can read my chapters I took these notes on my flight to vacation, so it's been a minute, so we'll see what I had to say. This was taken on the plane. Oh, I'll, cor- I'll correct you. If that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice to get ahead of my notes. Like, yeah. I took my notes for our next episode on this last plane ride, so oh, now I'm, wow. like, ahead of the game. It's nice. Wow. Yeah. Lovely. But okay, let's get into it, because yes. it's been a while. Okay. So, we left off in Chapter 37 with Feyre and Amran retrieving the Book of Breathings, which was great, but also they were not the most subtle about it. Yep. And they almost died. Mm-hmm. So we kick off chapter 38 with Amran taking the book back to her house to work on interpreting it and Feyre falling asleep. When she wakes up, everyone's gone and the sun is setting, so she goes up to the rooftop to have a nice little sunset watch. But Reese is already up there and he's lounging and drinking and Feyre's can tell that he's kind of in a mood. So she says, oh, I can leave if you want to be alone. But he's like, no, sit, I guess. So she sits down and she sees that there's a wooden box beside him and Feyre realizes it smells like Tarquin. So she asks what it is and Reese drains his glass of whiskey or whatever And then he says, I debated it for a good while, you know, whether I should just ask Tarquin for the book, but I thought that he very might well say no, then sell the information to the highest bidder or say yes, but still have too many people knowing our plans. And at the end of the day, I needed the why of our mission to remain a secret. Which I still don't understand just because he's afraid it'll get back to the King of Highburn. I guess... I don't, I really. Like having spies. Yeah. Maybe to get back to the King of Highburn or maybe you just like don't know when the war actually does happen, like whose side everyone will be on. I Yeah. I, my guess is that they're worried if the king knows they're trying to nullify the cauldron, he'll like speed up and do something with it fast. No, I agree. That makes sense. But like, that seems like far fetched to tell Tarquin versus... Like, if I tell Tarquin, who clearly has good morals, yeah, that somehow it'll get back to him. Like, but I guess not worth the risk. Yeah. It's it. You I can't mean, really trust anyone in this world. Right. I mean, Feyre thought about it for a minute, too. Like, he's a good guy. He'll be on our side. But at the end of the day, they won't know until they ask. And that's a risk. I guess yeah. Reese, in the end, wasn't willing to take. So Feyre's like... Okay, what's what's in the box? Reese is like, open it. And she sees it's three large rubies, which Reese tells her are blood rubies, and that in the summer court, when a grave insult has been committed, they send a blood ruby to the offender, which is the official declaration that there is a price on that person's head, and that person will be hunted and will soon be dead. So one for Vera, one for Reese, one for Amran yeah that's it's sad because they just made so much progress with Tarquin I know and I really like him also they're kind of sick like they're just send you they send a ruby and they're like we're coming after you yeah that's cool yeah 
Another point for the summer court. I just like them. Yeah. So Reese says it's his fault, basically, because he admits he made a mistake and he didn't wipe the minds of the guards who were coming after them when Feyre and Amon were setting off the alarms. Instead, Reese knocked them out. So they probably woke up, knew exactly what happened, and went straight to Tarquin. Like, it already looks suspicious, but they could have maybe played it off and they wouldn't have known the book was missing, but Reese didn't do the one thing he needed to do. Like, this was really dumb of him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking. He says he just, like, went into fight or flight and his instincts took took over and, like, went into battle mode. So he was just knocking them out, but not doing the most important part of the plan, which was keep them oblivious. Yeah. Right. Because now Tarquin knows they stole the book. So. Yeah. He could report that to Hybern if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think it's common knowledge that the Book of Breathings can be put together to nullify the cauldron. That's probably true. Yeah. Feyre, though, very forgiving here, considering she's now being hunted by the summer court. She's like, eh. She's like, so what? You made a mistake. Happens <laughs> to everyone. And Reese is like, I just told you that you're now public enemy number one in the summer court, and you're fine with that? She says, no, but I don't blame you either, which very generous of her again, because I do like this was a big mistake. Like Reese had one job. Anyway, Reese isn't happy with himself. I mean, I don't really blame Reese and either. I mean, yeah, he could have like handled the guards differently, but he even said that he definitely missed a few guards like when he grouped up with them, grouped up with them. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was they were going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. And Reese is hard on himself regardless. But he says he's not going to return the book to Tarquin when Feyre suggests it. Because even if slash when they neutralize the cauldron, he's promised the book to Amran to help her get home. And he's willing to pay the price of being the enemy, the bad guy to help out Amran. But in general, he's just pissed off about the whole situation. I was laughing during this because I had just left that music festival. So like Darius Rucker was in my head and I was reading this and I just feel like what Resan wants to say to Tarquin is don't think I don't think about it. <laughs> don't think I don't have regrets. <laughs> What a romantic song. <laughs> no, no, just that line. Because <laughs> then it goes into love stuff. But it's like, I feel like he just wants to yell that at Tarquin. Like, yeah, you know, that's what was going through my head on the plane as I read this. Yeah, he and Tarquin almost had a little bromance they blossoming. Did. And then they it did. just got squashed. Like Tarquin now just thinks he's the bad guy everyone makes him out to be. And that he fooled Tarquin. Which is yeah, sad. and I think he was sad because as much as he um like plays up his bad boy image, I think he liked that someone saw through it and saw good in him. Yeah. You know, like what he said to Farah about, you know, I know he protected that, you know, that he didn't share my escape plan under the mountain. Yeah. Or all that stuff like that he said to Farah. Like I feel like he was like 
he kind of liked that someone still saw good in him yeah despite his whole facade and he's like well i just fucking ruined that and it's one thing to be hated by tamlin who reese hates anyway and the high lord of like the autumn court who's straight up evil yeah but to be hated by someone that you know is genuinely good yeah you're just like fuck i'm a bad person yeah that's what it feels like yeah anyway so yeah reese is really not himself in this entire conversation he's being very snippy with Feyre, not bantery at all his eyes are dull and sad he's just he's just like i'm not in the mood he's just in a funk and Feyre realizes this is a bad day for him and so she takes it upon herself to try and cheer him up which is really nice because he's done that for her like countless of times countless yeah basically times. every day that they've been together <laughs> <laughs> has a bad day for Feyre. <laughs> oh my God. so she tells reese hey get through the war and then we'll deal with the rest after and he says sounds like you plan to stay here for a while and Feyre goes well you know i mean i can find my own lodging if that's what you're referring to maybe i'll use this generous paycheck you keep talking about to get myself a big house somewhere And throughout this conversation, she keeps thinking, like, come on, like, work with me, like, play with me a little bit. Give me something to to work with here. Yeah. But he just says, spare your paycheck. Your name has already been approved to use my household credit. Buy whatever you want. So Feyre, seeing no other option to cheer him up, just starts flirting with him, like how he does with her. So she says... I saw a pretty lingerie shop the other day. Am I allowed to buy that on your credit too? Or does that come out of my personal funds? And Reese says, I'm not in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Which, ouch. Like, Yeah, I would have packed up and gone home. Yeah, she persists, but I would have been like walking with a tail between my legs like I'm stupid. I would have been like, fair enough. See you never. (laughs) (laughs) And Feyre almost gives up, but then she's like, no, he has fought for me time and time again when I was a misery to be with. So she stays and she says, I never knew Illyrians were such morose drunks. He's like, I'm not drunk. I'm drinking. (laughs) There's a difference. And she's like, semantics. Maybe you should have slept with Cressida after all so you could both be sad and lonely together. And then he says, so you're entitled to have as many bad days as you want, but I can't get a few hours. And she's like, no, no, no. Take as much time as you need. I was going to invite you to the said shop, the aforementioned shop, (laughs) to help me pick out some things. But yeah, just, you know, sit up here and be sad if you want to. And then she goes, maybe I'll send a few pieces to Tarquin with an offer to wear them for him if he forgives us. Maybe he'll take those blood rubies right back. After all, I gave him a few smiles and he handed over a family heirloom. I bet he'd give me the keys to his territory if I showed up wearing those undergarments. Oof. Bold. Really, really belittling Tarquin a little bit, but, um, (laughs) but, um, I understand the the sentiment. Yeah. Just trying to get a rile out of him. Oh yeah. And Reese says, well, someone thinks mighty highly of herself. And then Feyre, really just on one, yeah, says, why shouldn't I? You seem to have difficulty not staring at me day and night. Oof. But then it really ramps up. He starts 
he starts giving a little push back to her pull. Because <laughs> he says, am I supposed to deny that I find you attractive? And here we go. Here we some, go. Some life, a spark. And he she just goes. He can't help himself with her. No, no, no. But she goes, you've never said it. And he says, I've told you many times and quite frequently how attractive I find you. Which every time he makes a comment that's slightly flirtatious, Feyre just has figured he's like teasing her, trying mm-hmm. to get a rise out of her and not like a serious comment. Yeah. But then Feyre again keeps leveling up. She says, well, maybe you should do a better job of it. Oof. I love it. <laughs> and then it says, the gleam in his eyes turned into something predatory. And he says, is that a challenge, Feyre? And she goes, is it? Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's I like, I'm loving your delivery. <laughs> you know, I haven't been behind the mic in a while. Like, I'm I'm fresh. <laughs> it's like in a movie um, when people are, I don't know, bantering or there's some sexual tension. Someone mm-hmm. says a line like, or what? Yeah. And it's like a very, that's like the most sexual thing you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Her being like, is it? <laughs> I love it. And now Reese is not sad. He is focused. (laughs) She says, gone was the quiet sadness, the isolated guilt, only that lethal focus on me, on my mouth. And then he says, okay, why don't we go down to that store right now, Farah, so you can try on some lacy little things and I can help you pick out which ones to send to Tarquin. Oh, we're back to that. Yeah. And I also, I <laughs> I feel like in the next few chapters, and especially the ones for next episode, the flirting really ramps up here. And sometimes I think when I deliver it, it sounds especially cringy. But in the book, it's good. No, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing great. <laughs> just wanted to preface that. <laughs> like, I love this when I'm reading it. Yeah. yeah. Verbally, sometimes things sound really weird. But <laughs> in the no, book, it's no, good. No, 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 no. I'm enjoying it. That's why I'm not chiming in because I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) The live action. Yeah. So before Feyre can respond to this little challenge that he's now presented with her, Asriel shows up and Feyre doesn't know if she should be relieved to be interrupted or not. She heads downstairs and she's like, what am I doing? Like, what just happened? I'm fresh off a breakup with Tamlin who I love so much and I would have gone with Reese to that shop and things would have escalated and then she thinks I could almost see what would have happened and this scene is really funny because in the moment when you're reading it you think she's just like thinking this in her head like visioning what would have happened Mm -hmm. and what she's seeing is like her and Reese go down to the lingerie shop he like dismisses the workers she goes and tries some stuff on she comes out for him he like beckons her over and then she realizes he sent her that vision and put it in her head and then she runs into a wall (laughs) (laughs) she runs into the wall and like breaks out of the Mm -hmm. the um almost like hallucination that he put into her head yeah and she can just kind of like hear him laughing yeah 
it's really funny it's really funny i love it and i wrote i was like i used to think it was like every time they did their little mind games i used to think it was like super weird and invasive but now i think it's I, now I really like it. It's, it's like so intimate. Yeah. You know, because it's just the two of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, I said, I love how they use it for intimacy, both quote unquote physically and quote unquote emotionally. But I put air quotes around both because they're technically both mentally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway (laughs) but no it's it's a really funny scene Feyre's all rattled she has dinner with more that night and Feyre tells more what happened and she says more like has wine come out of her nose she's laughing so hard (laughs) but she also tells Feyre that she should be proud because usually it's impossible to get Reese out of his brooding once he's in a mood so she Feyre just goes, has the effect on him. Yeah. So she goes to bed feeling pretty proud of herself, but she's woken up because she says it feels like the house itself is groaning, shuddering. She sees darkness is leaking into her room from the hall door and she knows exactly what's going on. So she runs down the hall in the darkness she can't see anything, but she's following the thread between her and Reese, and she yanks open his door. And he's having nightmares. Baby. <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> so she can't see anything, but she feels her way towards him on his bed, and she starts yelling his name, and the darkness is getting like his more aggressive. Full name. Yeah, she's like, Resand, Resand. There's wind in the room whipping around. She slaps him in the face and shakes him by his shoulders, but he still doesn't move. She keeps calling his name, and then she starts tugging on their bond, and she can see the darkness give a little, but before she can move, he wakes up and, like, instincts, obviously, him being woken up by... He's having a nightmare, and then he's, like, woken up, so he thinks he's being attacked. He's, like, not in his right mind. Flips her over, pins her down, like, claws at her throat. Yeah, it's giving, um, what's his name from Grey's Anatomy, what he did to Christina Yang, Owen? Oh. I can't remember his last name. Owen, yeah. But. Hart? No. No. It's been a while since I watched Grey's Anatomy, but I know you're talking about. Wait, I'm dying at you saying Hart because (laughs) Christina, Christina was like the cardiac or whatever. Cardiologist. That's, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. No, Not his Owen, Owen, but he has like PTSD and like pins her down in yeah. the middle of sleep. But I that's what that. I thought of when this was happening. But yes, this was much more beautiful. <laughs> so she's pinned down and she's frozen and she's like, Reese, Reese, it's me. It's Feyre. And she's throwing out her own power, like a soothing darkness to calm mm-hmm. his, which is kind of what, what he did to her. Yeah. Before. And he says, Feyre. And then he releases her and then kneels above her. <laughs> I did not. I did not hear him say, Feyre. <laughs> that wasn't good delivery, but I don't know how to say it. No, just like a whisper. Yeah. Like, Feyre. <laughs> yeah, that's for it. Feyre. 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 Too high No, that's good. That's good. We're just not. We're not Reese. We're not. But it was just funny. 
Um, yeah, like he realizes her, says mm-hmm. Feyre dramatically in a whisper. Yeah. And then he kneels back. And because he is not wearing clothes, Feyre can see all of his tattoos on his body. And she sees he has two mountains crowned by three stars on each of his knees. He's literally naked. Yeah. He's on his knees in front of her. Yeah. And Feyre sits up and tells him he was having a nightmare. And he says, I'm sorry. And then she asks how often it happens. And he looks at her and tells her, as often as you. <laughs> Which is sad because he's never spoken about it. Like, yeah. he's just been well, he suffering Well, d- he alone. has told her yeah. about his, but um but not like specifically and she's never seen it she didn't know how bad it was yeah 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 so she asks what he was dreaming about but he won't tell her because he says some memories should just stay unshared and she's about to leave but he grabs her hand and says thank you and then she kisses his cheek and it's so sweet because she just wants to comfort him like she wishes someone had been there to comfort her Mm mm-hmm And then she gets off the bed. She says his eyes go wide for a second, having her kiss him. And then she walks out, looks back, and sees him still kneeling on the bed, wings drooping, head bowed. And she thinks, a dark fallen prince, the painting flashed into my mind, flashed and stayed there, glimmering before it faded. But it remained shining faintly in that hole in my chest, the hole that was slowly starting to heal over. That's the longest an image of something she'd like to paint has ever stayed. Yeah. And she admits to herself that she is healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I I wrote, beautiful, just beautiful. Am I dramatic? Yes. I had chills. My heart is so warm. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a... I actually, I really liked that chapter. Yeah, it was good. The It had all the things that I like. It had like their banter and it was like the perfect come down too from the very um, intense chapter right before it where they're sealing the book. Yeah, and it was nice. I mean, twice in this chapter, she's comforting Resand in yeah. different ways. It's a nice change of pace. Versus him always being the one to comfort her. Yeah. It's a little it's a, give it's, and take. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's about balance with your partner. With your pot. Oh, my God. They're not partners. <laughs> what? They're not partners. I huh? said it's about balance with your partner. And I was like, <gasps> they're not partners. What do you mean they're not partners? They're not together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yeah. But they're like, you know. Yeah. they're not together but they're not just friends they're not together but they're not not together (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're not nice in between anyway okay chapter 39 so this chapter starts with Feyre over at Amryn's apartment asking her how long it will take Amryn to relearn the ancient language to decode the book and Amryn's like didn't Reese tell you and we learned that Reese left early that morning after the whole nightmare thing, but he left behind a note to Feyre saying thank you. And then she wrote back asking what the tattooed stars and mountains on his knees mean. And he re- later responds saying that I will bow before no one and nothing but my crown. And Feyre writes back, so dramatic. <laughs> Which is really cute. Yeah. I love their notes yeah, together. Yeah, 
Um, so that's cute. That was a little flashback from like from the morning. She's with Amarin. The whole scene with Amarin doesn't give us too much. Basically, Feyre brings her blood. She sees that Amarin's using her blood ruby as a paperweight, <laughs> which is funny. And that Varian from the Summer Court sent her a diamond necklace to kind of soften the declaration of the feud. Yeah. Um, Which you had predicted. I freaking knew there was something going on with them. Yeah. Yeah, you you were right. So the crew is in a bit of a break for a few weeks, waiting for Amarin to relearn the ancient language and waiting for the mortal queens to answer the request to meet and waiting for any news from Azrael, who hasn't I, been able to find out much. I will say, like, that scene with Amarin, yeah, didn't, like, give a lot. Mm-hmm. But I just like Amarin. Like, from that scene, I was like, I just like her. And I get it now. Why You've she's come number far. two. I don't know why on her. It was funny because I was just editing um, episode five, where I go on, which is where we meet the whole inner circle, and where we meet Amarin. And I'm like... She gives me bad vibes. I don't like her. Like, she ain't it. She might be a problem. And I'm like, oh, I love her. Yeah, she's kind of sad. She's very sassy, snarky. Yeah. In a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, yeah, crew's just waiting for news on any of the fronts. Asriel's been in a bad mood because he hasn't been able to find out much. Um,. Definitely something getting more details between Moore and Asriel. They were thinking about how like Asriel holds himself to very high standards. He's very rigid. Moore is the only one who's able to calm him down in times like these or make him take any time for himself. So just getting some snippets there. So in this time, Feyre has been training with Cassian in the mornings and she's on to swords now. Yeah, so that's that's impressive. And then most afternoons, she trains with Reese if he's around. And she, like, works through her various powers. And as she works through her powers, Reese gives her info about each of the respective High Lords. So yeah, we learn Baron, you know, High Lord of the Autumn Court, he is cruel and vain. Calia, shout out Winter Court, <laughs> quiet and cunning. Helion, he is High Lord of Day. He's called the Spell Cleaver. His people in the day court excel at spell work and have archived the knowledge of Prithian. But they never talk about the shape-shifting. Yes. I um, I had two thoughts on this. One, I'm really happy that they just kind of like, like in two pages, just like plowed through her weeks and weeks of training because I needed her to like legitimately train. Yeah. Instead of just being like good at her powers and stuff or only being able to use them in with emotional reactions. Like I need her to be of value yeah. to this team. Um, so, but I also didn't want to sit there and for every, you know, training session. So I'm really glad we just plowed through that. Like yes. I'm picturing in the show, a little montage of all the clips of her, you know, for she's boxing. Then yeah. she's sparring with the sword. Yeah. And then she's, you know, making darkness and fire and like, she's, yeah. 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 Sick. Um, my second thing is they make a point to say that, we never talk about my shape-shifting abilities and where those ca- came from, um, which we're going to have to. I'm sure that will be a moment that we actually do read. Um, we're going to have to. You can't just have this wild side of you. I mean, look at the example 
that is Tamlin, where he has no control over him just like turning into a fucking beast. So she needs to get a handle on it. So I do want her to visit it. But the mention of him for the first time in a long time um, really made me a little nostalgic. <laughs> and I started to think about our moments with Tamlin. <laughs> do you remember when he wrote her that weird fucking poem? <laughs> And I was really, like, at the time trying to hold on to it because I was like, oh, he, like, did something. That was fucking weird. <laughs> but we but we were getting nothing, so we just grabbed onto it. Um, One of the hardest things I've had to do in my life is recap some of those chapters and act like I liked those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God. And not given to I cannot believe you did that that was weird (laughs) that was weird (laughs) my my note is literally remember when he wrote her that weird poem that was weird (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't even clever or cute or like what was what were we thinking no Sarah really fooled us she really did you buy into it just because he's the only sexual tension slash romantic love interest of the book so you're forcing yourself to like it but then when you look back you're like what was I doing and and it's so crazy because I should have I mean I it did take me a while to ship them but I also like I feel like I should have caught on to that shit because the second another character came in I was like love triangle (laughs) new person we like him like anytime Lucian was in it I was like yes Lucian like I was like literally anyone but Tamlin. Like, how did I get sucked into? Like, wow, what? A- wow. Anyway, I just had to. It was like the first time he's brought up in a while, and I was like, whoa. No, it's good to to bring up Tamlin every now and then because you know things still aren't resolved. Yeah, per they se, <laughs> they are. Um, and he will continue to get you know brought up now and then because Feyre clearly feels guilty still on some levels. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, on on days where she can't train with Reese when he has business elsewhere, Feyre says she tries not to be disappointed, tries not to admit that she had begun looking forward to their afternoons, but instead she'll hang out with Amryn or more and Reese will still talk to her via notes, which has become kind of their thing. So like one day he wrote, wrote her a note asking her about painting, like, tell me about the painting and she tells him what it used to mean to her and why she can't do it anymore and then she asks him about being a high lord and if that's something he had always wanted to do and Reese says yes and no he didn't want to be the same kind of high lord that his father was he wanted to be a different kind of high lord and Feyre really compares this again to Tamlin who voiced really not wanting to being a high lord at all and resented that role to Reese, who had a vision and then built this amazing court off of that vision. Yeah. And it's so it, this was another moment where you think back to the first book. And when he was like, I didn't want this, like, I don't want to be this vicious ruler or whatever. You're like, oh, and you're like, you're so poor thing. Like, yeah, you don't even want to be here. Like, you're just kind of forced to be this leader, just like Pharaoh is forced to take care of her family. You know, like we get we got so tied up into that. And it's like. But here's another, here's a, you think that's the best way, right? Like he didn't want to be this vicious leader. 
And then there now with Resan, we see there was another option. It's like, yeah, you cannot want to be the vicious leader and just be a better leader. Right. Like and with Tamlin, it was like, oh, he doesn't want the power. That's so he's rare. Trapped. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not power hungry like these other high lords seem to be mm-hmm. or whatever. But he doesn't do anything to make it better. Yeah, like it's Reese kind of done. like if we're thinking like modern day, it's when you have a platform mm-hmm. and don't speak up. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you um like a lot, you know, I feel like celebrities and, and influencers and stuff get criticized for that a lot. It's like you take your platform for granted. And it's like that's kind of what Tamlin did. Right. Like he has this huge role where he could like really turn the way the spring court is run around like perfect example is the tithe where he's like this is how my father did it and it's like well you didn't you didn't agree with your father in a lot of things so mm-hmm. why are you stuck in those ways like exactly. use your platform to make it better and that's exactly what Resand is doing exactly yeah it's a good it's a great point <laughs> <laughs> really makes us reflect clearly <laughs> And Feyre responds to this message from Resand by saying, at least you make up for your shameless flirting by being one hell of a high lord. That one was a little too complimentary. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then Reese comes back later that day and he's like grinning from ear to ear and he's like, one hell of a high lord, <laughs> which is funny. And then Feyre sends some water splashing in his face, which he doesn't shield and instead shakes his hair at her, like spraying the water back at her. And she's like yelping, running away up the stairs and he's laughing. It's just so cute. I know. He said she, he like shakes, shakes his head at her maybe i just came up with this or maybe this is what it said but i literally wrote i wish i could see him with his wet hair like a like a dog <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> I wrote. this is me on the airplane <laughs> so random that's what he did i'm pretty sure she says like a wet dog yeah yeah, yeah, like that's what he does. Yeah, so it's not random. I no, just... you're just like, I wish I could see it. Like that's like a thing. Yeah, because I'm picturing him and his dark hair, whipping his <laughs> wet hair. It's sexy. <laughs> that's don't fun. shame me. I'm not. I love it. I think it's so cute. Just it's because like a regular couple thing, like a yeah. you know regular yeah, like yeah, yeah. teasing each other mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. But um, one morning. Pharaoh wakes up and sees a note from Reese that tells her the queens have finally responded and they are coming to Pharaoh's family estate the next day. So off they go back to mortal lands. So the next day, Pharaoh and her sisters, they're at the house. They're all dressed up, ready to host. Reese is in his suit. He's also wearing his crown, which we haven't seen before. And Pharaoh's in a little tiara, very formal. And the meeting is supposed to start exactly at 11. And the queens gave like very specific parameters as to they need to know what room they're going to be in, the dimensions, blah, blah, blah. And as the clock turns to 11, a wind brushes through the room and five figures appear flanked by two guards each. And Pharaoh realizes the human queens can winnow. And that's the end of chapter 39. <laughs> For a second. <laughs> so without reading another page... I was like, holy shit, the fucking queens are fae because they winnowed. Yeah. And I was like, I literally wrote, 
in all caps. This is what I was going to tell you before we started, but I didn't. I literally wrote, the queens are fey. Holy shit. Treaty my ass. <laughs> Treaty my ass. <laughs> and then it's like the very next page. It gets clarified. But I was just like, I literally was like, oh, my God, they're fey. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, they couldn't be fey because then people would know they're immortal. You know what I mean? They wouldn't die. Yeah. So. But for a second there, how 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 can they win up? We find out. Yeah, we right do. now. We <laughs> <find> out. <laughs> um, also, we were going to do your power ranking of the characters right now, but I feel like we should just go into the Yeah, next there was too much of a cliffhanger there. Yeah. Let's, Let's just keep going. End. Yeah. Okay. So chapter 40 starts with Feyre taking in the human queens. And Reese steps forward to say they're grateful. They accepted the invitation and to ask where the sixth queen is. But the oldest queen says that the sixth queen is unwell and could not make the journey. And then she looks at Feyre and says, you are the emissary. And then she looks to Reese and says, and you are the high lord who wrote us such interesting letters. And then Reese introduces more and Feyre introduces her sisters. And the eldest queen tells them, okay, you have an hour of our time. Make it count. And more immediately asks how they can winnow. But the youngest queen basically says it's a secret. Like it was a gift given a long time ago after the war or something. Yeah. So we don't really know if they have other powers or what, but they can winnow, which is weird. Crazy. Yeah. Feyre can barely winnow. Can she? She she's, hasn't since that one day. done it once. Yeah. It's a huge... It's the power that only like the strongest Fae can do. So yeah. Anyway, Feyre then steps up in her role as emissary and kicks off the meeting. I was kind of like, she must be stressed. This is a really important meeting. <laughs> I know, and it's like the first time she's doing anything. Yeah, and it's the, the most important meeting that really. You know, the war is hanging in the balance. But I also like it that that she took the lead because I'm like, you are the emissary. Like, you can't, like, have Resand hold your hand forever. You really need to be, you know. Exactly. If you want to grow yeah. in your career, you must. <laughs> you gotta take baby Fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And she does a good job. Mm -hmm. So she says, war is coming. We called you here to warn you and to beg a boon. Which I'm not familiar with that saying. <laughs> but anyway. And the queens are like, yeah, we know about the war. We've been preparing for years. And so that's it's good. That's like one step forward. Yeah. Feyre says, well, the humans in the territory seem unaware of a larger threat. But then we learn, the queens say, that they're not concerned about the human land in Prithian because it's just too small for them to care about and worry about protecting compared to the human land's on the continent right so, so that's not great. because if you look at the map like obviously the continent is a continent prithian is a little island and the humans just have like the little bit of the bottom yeah yeah but then reese says surely even the loss of one innocent life is abhorrent but the queens are basically like well war is war and if we have to sacrifice a small territory to save the majority then we will. And if that's a problem, like if you have a problem with that, you defend this land. And Nesta jumps in and she's like, that is a cowardly choice. 
but Feyre interrupts before Nesta can insult them too far. And she says, you hate Fey, and yet you would leave us to defend your own people. But the queens are like, well, why shouldn't you have to defend them? You know, the violence is coming from your people, not from humans. So you, you do it. And that was Reese, a stupid response. Yeah. Didn't really make any sense. No. But Reese says, neither side is innocent, but we might protect those who are together. But the queens laugh at this because they say they've heard stories about Rhysand and how horrible and brutal he is. So him speaking about peace and working together, they just don't trust him. They don't put put much weight in his urgency for a solution. That's unfortunate, but this really gets Feyre all riled up. She says, okay, fine. If you won't send forces, then what about our request for the book? But they shoot that down right away, too. So this is looking bleak, and Feyre is very much feeling the pressure as emissary. And then Feyre says the golden line of, like, please, please, I was turned into a fairy because one of the commanders from Hybern killed me. And she feels Reese flinch. And she says for 50 years, she, Amarantha, quotation marks, Amarantha, terrorized Prithian, and when I defeated her, she killed me. One of them, just one of them, was able to cause such destruction and suffering. Imagine what an army like her might do when the king is currently planning to shatter the wall and destroy all of you. Which is a very compelling yeah, argument. it is. But the queens really aren't buying into this. The oldest one says to her, you are a young child. You have much to learn about the ways of the world. And then Reese interrupts and says, do not condescend to her. Do not insult Feyre for speaking with her heart, with compassion for those who cannot defend themselves when you only speak from selfishness and cowardice. Zium. Yeah. And the queens keep trying to say again, you know, we have to look at the greater good, like the bigger picture here. And then Reese says, many atrocities have been done in the name of the greater good. Which, he's got all the good comebacks. He does. He's very witty. But still, queens are not backing down, even to Reese. And then more steps forward. And she says, she says something like, I, I am the Morgan from the war. She says, like, you should know me. You should know what that means and that my gift is truth. So hear what I'm saying now and know that truth lies in it like your ancestors did. Which yeah. is... Like, we need Moore's backstory. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I also, and we get a little bit, we get a lot more of her backstory yeah. next chapter, but I still feel like, what the fuck was she doing during the war? Like, yeah. What did she do? Yeah. Such good because questions. Remember when Resand told Farah that Moore is who he will send when both Cassian and, and Azriel yes have been killed killed i'm like what the fuck what kind of fucking beast is she i feel like they should have had morning training lessons afternoon power lessons and then evening history lessons yeah (laughs) it's so hard with pharah not having lived for hundreds of years like everyone else it is hard there's all these random things that pop up and we're like what what yeah what (laughs) yeah like everyone just knows that the summer court sends blood rubies 
But like Feyre doesn't. She doesn't know anything. She, <laughs> she reads all these books. <laughs> not yet any history. <laughs> yeah. So we need more backstory ASAP. And then Moore also says, do you think it's simply a coincidence that a human has been made immortal again at the very moment when our old enemy resurfaces? I fought side by side with Miriam. Who's Miriam in the war? (laughs) Fought beside her as Jurian's ambition and bloodlust drove him mad and drove them apart. Drove him to torture Clythia to death and then battle Amarantha until his own. I marched back into the black land with Miriam to free the slaves left in that burning sand, the slavery she herself escaped. I marched with her. I marched with her, my friend, along with Prince Dracon. Who's Prince Dracon? (laughs) Miriam was my friend as Feyre is now. And you ancestors, the queens who signed that treaty, they were my friends too. Or your your ancestors, the queens who signed that treaty, they were my friends too. And when I look at you, I see nothing of those women in you. And then Moore says, you're laughing at the idea of peace. And she tells them what we assume is a big secret, that some of these key players from the war, Miriam and Dracon, are still alive on a hidden island with both humans and fae. I don't really understand why she tells them that. It's to show that fae and humans can live together in peace slash like work together like they did in the last war like it's a living example of peaceful coexisting between the two groups i guess yeah i guess yeah but then cassian is like more shh like that's that's i feel like i feel like when there is such a imbalance of power how could they ever live together peacefully as equals yeah I mean, Faye don't even live together peacefully as equals with their disparities in power. Yeah. 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 I don't understand how that works. And maybe it could work in a very small group. You know what I mean? Like if Mm -hmm. it's a very small group of fairies and humans that just live on this island, which is what it sounds like. I'm just like, I don't see. Maybe I'm thinking about this fantasy world a little too realistically. (laughs) No, I think it makes sense. It's just, yeah, there's just such a power imbalance. I don't know how it could ever work. Not that I'm defending the queen's argument, but. Like, I don't even know how the humans even begin to fight in a war. I know they did it last time, but feels like they would die instantly. Yeah, I know. I know. So anyway, but basically the queens want proof, like some type of proof that shows the true motive basically like Brees is not a bad guy we want to work towards peace something that they can offer the queens to show that that's that they're telling the truth and Feyre realizes the only way to do this is through revealing the truth about Valeris and how the city has been kept secret and how Reese has been created this whole city of dreamers city of starlight whatever yeah so Reese says he'll get them proof, and then he'll summon them back, and then the queens vanish. And then the chapter ends with Elaine, who has been silent this whole time, saying, I hope they all burn in hell. <laughs> and Elaine just surpassed Nesta <laughs> in my rankings. 
Yeah. They were actually Nesta and Elaine aren't in my rankings, but I'll tell you where they would go if I had put them. Okay. I'm actually very excited to hear. Okay. It seems like a good time. Yeah, let's do it now. Because in that moment I had written the note, Elaine now beats out Nesta just for that comment. Okay, yeah. Let's hear the rankings. Okay. So I want to preface with there is one ranking that I know is wrong, but like there's so many that are just on the same level to me. Yeah. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? But whatever. Okay. So one. I just really. What? What? I just. I just realized Feyre isn't on the list. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. Please hold. Just a minor character. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so stupid. Honestly, she's hard to place because we spend the most time with her, but we really go through ups and downs. I know. I'm curious to hear where she falls for you, though. You know, I'm actually going to move something around. Okay. I don't know. Fuck. Okay. I might have to move this. It just feels wrong. There's just one that feels wrong. But every time I try to move them up, I look at who's below them and I'm just like, no. You know? Yeah. Okay. Here it goes. I just can't believe I fucking did that. I literally left out Feyre. No, that's so funny. (laughs) I didn't put her on the bottom, though. Um, Don't worry. So, okay. Number one. Can you take a guess? Resand or Lucian? Resand. Okay. Of course. Um, Resand. I do wish I had seen some more of Lucian. I need some like comparisons next of Lucian next to some of these characters so I can really see if I like him or not. Um, okay. I mean I obviously like him, but you know what I'm saying. So number one, Reese. Number two, Cassian. Okay. Number three, Amrin. Oh wow. Number more. Number four, Tarquin. Number five, Lucian. Six, Feyre. Feyre above more too. I thought you. I thought more would be in your top five. I know. Seven, Azrael. Eight more. What puts Azrael and Amran above more? Uh, okay. So to be honest, well, hold on. So more and then Tamlin, and I know that's wrong. That's wow. I know. Okay. So, hear me out. I know more shouldn't be there. She shouldn't be next to Tamlin. Yeah. Yeah. Like really the only person I don't like is Tamlin. Right. On this list. You right. know? So I know she shouldn't be there, but also like we haven't gotten in the last few chapters up until like these ones, we haven't gotten her personality. Like when we first meet her, we get a lot of Moore's personality, which I kind of forgot about until I was, editing the episode where we meet her a couple days ago and I really liked her then but like I'm not I have not been getting any like we they mention her but we're not getting like her personality like she's it's very and then I hung out with more it's not yeah I don't know I don't know I just 
it was I like I want to move up more but then I'm like there's too many moments with with Amran they saved with the book a- together what yeah, yeah 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 right there's too many moments with Amran there's too many moments with even Lucian like there was too many good moments with Lucian Lucian we know his personality like loud and clear Yes, and I love him. Yeah. I made that clear from the beginning. So, and then same with Tarquin, like, which actually I kind of want to... Did you put s- Tarquin above Lucian? Yeah, but I'm switching that. I think I only did that because you in the last read. episode yeah. I was like, Tarquin above, but no. I Now that I have a clear head and I've been separated from the book, Lucian's above Tarquin. So Lucian's number four. So it's Resand, Cassian. Yeah. Feyre. No. Oh. Resand, Cassian, Amran. Lucian, Tarquin, <laughs> Feyre, Asriel, Moore, Tamlin. Okay, no, I think that feels right. That feels right for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was incredibly hard. And, like, I know Moore shouldn't be there. But at every, like I just said a million times, every time I tried to move her up and I looked at who I was putting her over, I was just like, no. like. I also... I knew you were growing on Resand, but I didn't know he was going to be your number one guy. Oh, yeah. The first, I, the first like, five or maybe six episodes, you were really back and forth, if not more, like, negative on him. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I have always loved Resand. That's true. From the moment we met him That's in book true. one. <laughs> That's my kind of man. I was negative on him and Feyre being a couple. Yeah. I've always loved Resan individually. I just wasn't ready for the coupling mm-hmm. because I didn't want, I wanted Feyre to close the old chapter. Yeah. So I understand the confusion, but <laughs> I always loved Resan. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we have that clarification <laughs> in the official power ranking. We'll see how of. times change, but we'll have to do another one at the end of this book. Yeah. Okay. Back to our last chapter. Yes. Which is chapter 41. Mm -hmm. So this chapter starts off with the group winnowing back to Valeris. Amryn is there and she can see that it did not go well. The group looks very defeated. And the first thing Amryn asks is, Feyre was not enough? Which makes Feyre feel super insecure because, again, this was her first project. Yeah. But Reese says she's more than enough. They're fools. Worse, frightened fools. And then Cassian suggests mass assassination and replacing all of them with new queens. But Reese is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. And then Moore offers to try and go talk to them again. But Asriel tells her no because it's more dangerous. And then Feyre asks for more context around this Miriam person. And then here we get a little bit of a history lesson. So I'll do my best to summarize because this was a lot. So Reese tells her 500 years ago, before the war started, there was a fey kingdom in the southernmost part of the continent, which was the worst place to be born a human. Miriam was born there, half fey, half human, born into slavery. And she was later given as a slave, as a wedding gift, by a fae queen to her betrothed, which was a fae prince named Prince Dracon. Are we good so far? Yes. Okay. 
So he was horrified that he was getting a slave as a gift and let Miriam escape. So she fled and found Jurian. And they fell in love. And Jurian was like starting his battles. War was starting. She was a healer in his army. She then reunited with Prince Dracon because Prince Dracon joined the human forces against Fae to free the humans. Jurian was out fighting battles, had no idea that his main ally, Prince Dracon, and his girlfriend were hitting it off. Jurian at this point was getting very sidetracked, very obsessed with like winning and you know, he got a little twisted at the end with like torture and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, because he was obsessed with winning the war. And when Jurian was killed, Amarantha told him before she killed him that Miriam had betrayed him for a fey lover as like a, you know, final low blow. Yeah. Everyone thought that Miriam and Dracon died while freeing her people from the Black Land, which is like the area she was born from, at the end of the war. But apparently as more told the queens they didn't they started over somewhere else so all of this to say Feyre suggests showing queens proof of this you know more told them about it but Reese says no that doesn't prove anything about my character which is the queen's biggest problem like they know Reese to be this evil high lord bad reputation and all that right I wish that like I I wish that more could just tell them Reese is good and they would believe that it's it's a very confusing thing to for her to just be like my tr- my gift is the truth, like what does that what does that mean you can't lie like what <laughs> like yeah maybe that's where uh maybe that's where the rumor of fake can't lie comes came from. from yeah so Reese's plan is to show the queen's Valeris through something called the Veritas which is an orb of like truth magic that belongs to Morse family. So to get that, they have to go to the Court of Nightmares to retrieve it. So we're going to the Court of Nightmares. Yeah. Finally. And they, um, they, it seems like they're like plotting to steal it. Yes. And I'm back to my confusion about is, is Reese their high lord or not? Because if he's their high lord, he shouldn't have to steal shit. He should be able to stroll in there and be like, give me your fucking orb. Yeah, it is confusing. So the plan is the crew is going to all go to distract the court while Asriel steals it. And I think the best way to explain it is like Reese just he is the high lord, but he also lets that court kind of govern itself. Like he goes every now and then to remind them that he's still at the end of the day is in charge, but he also doesn't want them to like revolt against him yeah and have like a civil war in between in his land you know True. what i mean yeah 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 like it's a huge part of the a huge area of the court we can assume mm-hmm. and you know if moore's father who is like the leader of the bad part of the court of nightmares um were to like rise up against reese there'd be conflict so it's kind of like Reese just kind of lets them do their thing he goes every now and then but it's not it's an interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. it's not like he's just he can just be like do this do this do this necessarily although it seems like he still should but 
Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this is also huge that Reese is willing to reveal the city to the queens because, you know, he's made it loud and clear how hard he's worked to keep it a secret all this time. So anyway, a lot happening. But later that day, Feyre takes a walk through Valeris and she's on the edge of walking through the art quarters. But then she thinks it would be stupid to venture into here when it might very well be ruined in any upcoming conflict. I'd be stupid to fall in love with it when it might be torn from me. Sad. So she goes home. But it shows, I feel like, that she is continuously getting better and better. Like, she even wanted to go in and, like, see the paintings and stuff like that. Yeah. So So she goes back to the townhouse and she finds Reese waiting for her in the foyer. And she can tell something's wrong. And he says, I'm debating asking you to stay tomorrow. And internally, Feyre's like, don't lock me up in this house. Don't shove me aside. And I'm like... Drama. I know, I know you have trauma, but when has Reese ever done that? I know. Like, if anything, he puts you in constant danger. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if he's asking you to stay, it's you know not the same as Tamlin physically locking you in the house, and he probably has a good reason. And also, it seems like they all take turns staying. Yeah. You know? Right. She doesn't have to come to everything. Yeah. Anyway. The reason that he doesn't want her to come tomorrow is he doesn't want her to see him in full form, like being the high lord of the night court. His his mask. His mask. He says, you've only just started to look at me like I'm not a monster and I can't stomach the idea of anything you see tomorrow, being beneath that mountain, putting you back into the place that I found you. Fair. Yeah. And Favre was like, oh my God, I forgot we were going under a mountain. okay only your biggest fear (laughs) yeah the one that amarantha modeled her court after yeah but pharaoh says here she's waits she's waiting for the panic to kind of set in realizing what going would entail but she doesn't panic because she's going with reese and the crew so she feels safe so she says she wants to help but he tells her again you know the role you'll have to play tomorrow is not a pleasant one just so you know and then Feyre asks why Moore looked so disturbed about having to go to the court of nightmares and Reese tells her more of Moore's backstory basically how her father was going to sell Moore to one of Lucian's brothers Eris who is known for cruelty and brutality and before that could happen, Moore did the one thing she could do to stop it from happening, which was losing her virginity, <laughs> especially to someone lesser born. So she slept with Cassian. Yep. Yep. I, you know, so obviously this is where all the the history comes from. She yeah. banged Cassian. Um it's kind of a dig at Cassian. Like, let me find the scum of the earth and sleep with him. She says a line, literally, I think it's in the next chapter in a few. But just to clarify, it's not like Moore thinks he was a lesser. It's just like in society, Illyrians are lesser. I know, lesser. but like, do you ever like... <laughs> Would you ever look at someone in the eyes or look at them and say, like, 
yeah i want like you're the scum of the year <laughs> i feel like her choosing to sleep with him like is acknowledging that like yeah no one likes you <laughs> the way i'm just gonna tell you the way more frames it because she yeah. talks about it later is she wanted to sleep with like a one of the strongest illyrian warriors and she saw cassian and saw that he was like the strongest illyrian of all time and she was like that's who i want for mm. my first time okay so okay. it makes it a nicer spin I Izzy's gonna be defending more to the end not that I was even hating against more what happened to her was absolutely horrible but now you're gonna be defending her till the end because I ranked her so low I'm just surprised I honestly don't know Moore's not probably in my top five so I don't know why I'm defending who's your top five you think um, anyone we haven't met yet no okay um I'm trying to think if I reveal my top five, if it's like a spoiler or not, though. Oh, I mean, if I know all of them. Yeah. No. Okay. So my top five will be. Oh, it's hard. I haven't really thought about it. Resand. I think Cassian. And then. Lucian oh I didn't know you liked Lucian so much either oh I love Lucian and then Asriel and then Amarin oh yeah wow wow yeah you know it is funny because I obviously don't get a lot we haven't gotten like a ton of Asriel other than just seeing him being like frustrated and serious and but why do I like that <laughs> he's always just kind of like in a bad mood <laughs> oh my god but what i'm holding on to is their moment when he was flying her yes the human realms they had like a really cute moment i loved that and that's he, why he's over more literally because of that one moment he's like the classic he's always brooding he has a strong work ethic but he has like a gentle side he's a gentleman yeah he's a, he's gentleman. a gentleman yes and i love that yeah 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 Wait, but, so yours was Resand, Cassian, Lucian, yeah. Asriel, Amran. Yeah. Wow, you have Lucian above me. I have him as four. I love Lucian. Oh my god, I hope he comes back. I miss him. Um so just final piece of the story before we wrap. Wait, I'm just LOLing at my my Tarquin as number five. <laughs> oh, oh, I like Tarquin too, but I don't think he's in my top five. I mean, we probably don't really ever see him again. He had his moment. But anyway. We don't know. Remember, he's hunting Reese and Pharaoh. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, I actually was going to ask you, are you concerned about that? No. No? Not at all. Even though blood rubies mean you'll soon be dead? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Poor Tarquin, just not taken seriously at all. <laughs> um okay so just final piece of the story to wrap up the chapter more slept with cassian lose her virginity so that she wouldn't be considered like worthy anymore Mm -hmm. the the groom wouldn't want her so her family nailed a note to her and then dumped her in the autumn court yeah like at the um border at the border just like she's your problem yeah disgusting her yeah. own family yeah so this obviously disgusts Feyre she thinks about how much she loves more and how 
terrible it must be for Maura to have to go back to see her family every now and then um, in the Court of Nightmares. So Feyre says, tell me what I need to do tomorrow. And that's where we end chapter 41. And that's where we end this episode. Wait, wait, wait. Detail. Asriel is the one who found more and saved her. Yes. Love Triangle. Anyway, and that is where we end this chapter and this episode. Yes. <laughs> With another blossoming love triangle. <laughs> yes. And next episode, we have a guest. Sarah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Does she know? She knows. Okay. Yeah. Well, does she know when we're going to record? Well, it's just been so not- chaotic. We've been on vacation. I will talk about it after because yeah, we're not sure. recording. We're not recording. not to be on the air. <laughs> we're never recording that one this week no we're not so Ugh, yeah. i gotta wait another week to read. <laughs> um those chapters are good i have a hard time summarizing them i was on the plane like struggling to find the right words for like the whole chapter are they um, sexual is that why like i don't know how to describe them but it's hard for me to summarize <laughs> Oh, my God. I think Saren will be a great guest. I can't wait for her to come on. Ooh, I'm so. excited. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so that's where we end this episode. Sadie, any final words? No, but I'm very excited for the next chapters now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in real time, we have to wait like two weeks to record again because Sadie and I are going back on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually insane. I did not think about that. I was really thinking next Monday or Sunday we would record that. But no. No. Both our companies very kindly give us the whole week of 4th of July off. Yes. So we'll be. Very kindly. Very deservingly. Very deservingly. So we'll be gallivanting (laughs) around. Yeah. You're going to Minnesota? I'm going to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. Lake Minnetonka. So fun. You'll be in Florida. I will be in Florida, St. Petersburg. Yeah. Some more beach reads. More beach reads. I think I'm going to read beach reads. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. Mm -hmm. Ah, Can I read it after? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. We can cut this out because I'm going to ramble for a second. My mom read every summer after. After I read it because I was like raving about it so much because I was like 10 out of 10. She read it in like the one day that I was gone in Charleston because I was like you have to finish it if you're going to start it because it's Izzy's I have to bring it back which by the way I didn't bring it here today and I also didn't bring your sweatpants so I'm really sorry (laughs) I'm realizing that now that's okay I forgot you had my sweatpants (laughs) um yeah she loved it loved it it's so good it's so good I read Emily Henry's not beach read but her other book people meet on vacation that's like super oh popular. I, I also bought that, that one. one i need to read it yeah. i need to read it um okay okay this is not about the book but last last note is my mom was reading and i had told her like you can come on an episode because we were like one day on the phone we realized we were at the same point in book two and so we started like talking about it and stuff um and and i was like oh mom like you have to come on you have to be on an episode And then she, I was talking about our schedule and like when people are going to be on. And I was like, well, Izzy said no one can be on in this episode because these are really good chapters and it like just has to be me and her. And she's like, well, what chapters was it? And I think it was like 45 to 47. 
or something. Maybe it's like, is 45 like iconic chapter or something? Or 47? Um, I think I have 47 to 49 and then 54 to 56. Okay, so 47. It was 47. And I was like, they said they're iconic, so we can't have a guest on. And my mom was like, what was 47 again? And she was on 48. Like, she hadn't read 48. She went back and looked at what 47 was. She literally jumped, like, two feet into the air and threw a fit. She was like, no, I want to be on for that chapter. <laughs> okay. All I'll say is I, I'm happy to have Julianne whenever she wants to be on. Are you? But then she as said long she as read, she's sure that she wants to recap that chapter with her daughter. No, no, no. Because then she said she read the next chapter and she was like, "Not a mother-daughter chapter." Yeah. <laughs> I would but say wait, not. it's not forty-seven. That's bad. No, it's the chunk. That's the, the, it's the chunk. The chunk. Yeah. She had only read forty-seven and was like, "I want to recap that chapter. It's such a good one." She like literally threw a fit, and then the next day she read like forty-eight and forty-nine or whatever, yep. and she was like. Yeah, not a mother-daughter chapter. No. (laughs) I would be embarrassed having to look at Julie in the eyes. (laughs) Trying to to talk my way through that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was so funny. She literally jumped like two feet in the air. Did she like book two overall? Yeah, she did. She really did. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. Join us next episode with special guest Saren to recap chapters 42 and 43 so just two chapters but they're long oh wow okay i'm excited yeah Yeah. and don't forget to follow us on instagram at gals on topic follow us on tiktok at gals on topic leave a five-star review on spotify follow us on spotify on apple podcasts or every listen to your podcasts and we'll see you next episode bye guys (laughs) 